You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. Feels good to be back behind the mic, guys. Sorry for the delay. I know it's been a while since we've had an episode come out, and I am committing right now to changing that. So you've you've all heard me say it. I'm going to work really hard to get these podcast episodes cranking out much faster. Um, a lot of people have been asking about it, and um, I've had uh, quite a few changes in my own personal schedule that... Uh, made that pretty difficult for a while, but in the long run are going to make that easier. I have actually am not working a day job anymore. Um, that is not to say that I'm not working. Um, my girlfriend and I started a business together, and we're working on that, and that's paying the bills. And that has given me some more flexibility of time, but of course required a, a bit of adjustment. So um, it's an exciting time for me. Um, because on top of that, um, I am getting married. So my girlfriend Stacy and I will be getting married. So uh, some of you saw the post on Facebook. Thanks for all the well wishes on that. Um, really quickly, I wanted to bring up a new feature that I'm going to be adding to the podcast, which is a sort of uh, Q&A feature. So basically the idea is uh, you can go on right now to passionatedj.com forward slash ask, A-S-K. If you go there, there's a little widget where you can uh, use your built-in microphone, headset, um, you know, whatever you've got, any kind of microphone that you use on your computer to Skype with or play games or whatever. Um, you could get on there. You can leave me a voicemail, and um, I will take the best questions and put them on the podcast and answer them for you or do my best to answer them for you. So if you have a question that you would like me to answer or to help find the answer to, just go to passionatedj.com forward slash ask and uh, be great to have you on. So I'm going to go ahead and do that right now because I've already offered this up to my VIP list, which is like my mailing list, um, which you can also sign up for on the sidebar on passionatedj.com. And my first question comes from Eric Case. Hi, Dave. This is Eric. And uh, a few questions. Just wanting to know if uh, the blog will turn into a podcast where we can join you with our own takes on the music industry and where it's headed. And also if we're able to broadcast and possibly start our own channel. Uh, also... Wanted to know your take on how to get more views and listens online with our own podcasts. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. All right, Eric. Thank you so much for your question. Um, I wanted to address the first half of your question first, which has to do with the Passionate DJ podcast. Now, forgive me if I don't entirely understand the, the first half of your question. Um, I'm not sure if you're asking if we're going to be doing like uh, music on the podcast or if it's just going to be an open format sort of thing. Um, if you're asking, uh, is this 
going to turn into a a music podcast. Uh, no, this is a uh, passionate DJ podcast. is all about uh, becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose, and we do that like in a talk radio style. Um, so it's not really your, um, you know, for you to uh, put a mix on or anything like that. Um, that being said, uh, you said something about wanting to, um, uh, or wondering if we're going to uh, talk to people about their perspectives on the industry and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, that is something I'm always interested in, um, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this kind of Q&A thing is to get some other people involved and hear what you guys have to say, uh, what your hurdles are, what your you know concerns um, and thoughts on the industry and DJing and, and all that sort of stuff that we talk about. So um, if you... Uh, you know, the, the, obviously, the the best way to do that is to get on passionatedj.com forward slash ask, like we talked about. But um, I'm also interested in interviewing anyone who has something valuable to add to uh, to present to the audience. So if you have a suggestion, I would love to hear it. So you can send me an email, um, and this goes to anyone listening. Send me an email at david at passionatedj.com. I would love to hear if uh, whether it's you or somebody you know um, uh, has something uh, incredible that they're doing or working on, um, and and I don't mean like you should hear my latest mix. It's awesome um, because I get a lot of emails daily about that. But um, if you're really if you know somebody who's doing something really special or has a lot of um, insightful or inspiring things to say in the realm of DJing, I would definitely love to hear about it. Um, the second half of your question, how to get more listens and plays, that is a million-dollar question. Um, so I, I, I hate to, I, I don't want you to think that I'm just um, uh, copping out here, um, but that is a huge question. And what I will say about that is um, it's, definitely almost always about building a relationship with your audience whoever that is or your fan base so i don't want to say that the quality of your work doesn't matter because obviously it definitely does but what i am saying is that it's almost never enough um especially nowadays because um even you know just if you if you have a lot of DJs on your Facebook feed, scroll through that and see how many mixes per day that people are just screaming at you to listen to. Okay, I see that all day long. Nobody cares if they don't really know you and you say, listen to my mix, listen to my mix, listen to my mix. It doesn't matter how amazingly awesome your mix or your track or anything is. Um, you, what you need to realize is that it's you need to build some sort of relationship with your fan base and that's that has to do with networking and with uh finding your niche and that's a really broad question but um I will say that I am hoping to have um I've been talking to Casey Lane who is uh, behind the brains behind the DJpreneur and she's getting ready to uh launch some courses that go over a whole lot of this stuff. Um, so I'm going to actually be interviewing her on the podcast very soon, and I hope that she has some more to add to this. Um, 
one more thing that I will say about that is that uh, it's it's more than just um, being friendly and more than just making good mixes. Um, you, you almost need to realize that you, if you want to be noticed, especially like in the online space, you're not just a DJ, but you're a media media company comma DJ. Okay, so you it really becomes part of your job, quote unquote, to promote yourself but not sound like a promotional machine. Okay, so be very human and interact with people and build relationships with people and then work the music angle. That's my best advice. All right, so our second question comes from Steve Gilson. Hi, David. My name is Steve from ProjectFridayRadio.com. I was just wondering, how much DJ equipment can you fit in your Pontiac Sunfire? Thanks for taking my question. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, that question comes from my friend Steve, and he's a huge jerk because uh, so what uh, you guys don't know is the inside joke behind that. Um, I do not drive a Pontiac Sunfire. I drive a 2000 Pontiac Trans Am with a quite hefty LS1 V8 that I've worked on over the course of many years, and it is a very manly, rumbly car and not a Sunfire. <laughs> but Steve loves to point out how much my car looks like a girl car. Steve, the answer to your question is not nearly enough, which is why I drive my daily driver grocery getter car to most gigs. Thanks for your input, buddy. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, you guys will notice Steve's amazing radio voice. That is not coincidental, and uh, Steve has a pretty awesome uh, online radio show called Project Friday. Um, you'll hear just a little bit about that in today's interview, but uh, I'm hoping to have Steve on the show very soon to talk about building an online audience and some other cool stuff. So now that we've gotten those questions out of the way, once again, feel free to submit your own, passionatedj.com forward slash ask. You are allowed to mention a website URL. Uh, please limit it to one, and uh, so maybe you can get a little bit of uh, shameless self-promotion in that way. And uh, would love to hear from you guys. All right, so next I would like to move on to my interview with a good friend of mine. His name is John Chapel. Now, John is the brains behind a uh, promotional group called Sistine Promotions. He has been running a weekly electronic music show here in my own little hometown of Dayton, Ohio, for four years running. Um, it's a kind of a guest rotation, uh, kind of local scene support type of show, which is very cool. Um, it's been very successful, which is a, it's a very um, tough thing to do in a town like Dayton. So I had to get him on the show to talk about the struggles and um, all the different things that go into throwing a weekly rotation type show in a small town. So without further ado, here's my interview with John Chapel. All right, so we're here in the studio and I'm sitting here with John Chapel, a good buddy of mine and also a uh, promoter and DJ in my own hometown, Dayton, Ohio. And I wanted to bring him in to talk about the local scene and a night that he's been running for what, five, six years it's, now? It's four years. We just four years. Yeah. All right, close enough. <laughs> John, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi. It's good to have you. Um, it's good to be here. So I'm going to be asking you a series of questions, the first of which is, would you like to share a beer with me? Yes. Yeah. Whoa. I'm fully prepared. That just came out of nowhere. 
I literally just manifested beer from nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. Here, open this. I don't. Oh. I don't have masculinity. <laughs> I don't. So, John, tell us a little bit about your background as far as you know how you got started with DJing and also with with event promotion. Um, tell us about EDM Tuesday and how that came about. And uh, okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> let's see. I guess. I guess I guess it sort of started with promoting. I remember uh, about five years ago, uh, I was living in Central Dayton, and uh, Steve Gilson used to come over all the time and hang out, and we used to go out a lot. And uh, Steve Gilson's going to be interviewed on the show here in the next episode or yeah, two, by the way. It's, it's aka DJ Frenzy, Cryptic Fox, Silent Gloves, right? He's got all these DJ names. All right, so. Um, so we used to, you know, we used to hang out and uh, go out all the time, but what we found was like on Fridays there was nothing to do. Um, I think there was uh, like a you know local goth night going on, but uh, everything was seedy and there was like we we couldn't find anything anything to do where we wanted to hang out with the people that were there. So he says, you know, well why don't we just make something to do? And that um, idea within. I think like five hours became this entirely like fleshed out, already had a guest list coming party that we were just going to do every Friday called Project Friday. It was like a house party? Yeah. Yeah. It was at our house, but we had a big house at the time and it was sort of, (laughs) the house was way more upscale than we were. So we had like a hot tub, you know, and all that. And, uh, except the hot tub was in the house. It was really weird. Um, but we had a big, nice deck. It was all private, and we didn't have to worry about noise. So it was perfect. And then uh, and that, that was called Project Friday, and we put out flyers for it, and like 90 people would come every week. And it was just insane because there really was nothing to do on Fridays. Uh, it, it was an idea that was sort of like in its birthing stages. It was really amateur. But it, was, but it still, I still was like that. This seems just sort of fun to me. Um, but, you know, money never came into it. Incidentally, uh, Steve now does... Uh, a podcast called Project Friday. It was named after that. So um, from there, I got, uh, <laughs> I had previously just started going to this place, Therapy, Therapy Cafe. And uh, when, I, when I started throwing these parties, I just sort of approached uh, the owner and said, hey, can I, uh, can I just do this, this EDM night um, with this guy, Vinny, who worked there? Can I just do it? And he was in. He was like, "Yeah, that's that's fine." And that was like four years ago in August. So, and then you know, it's been, it's it's been going strong ever since. I guess it's seen, uh, it's seen its share of genre segregation, and what a few dips there in like what the current fad is. So, what is the what would you say the purpose is of EDM Tuesday? I mean, it's does it have an overreaching goal, or is it just uh... the goal has always been to basically you know the idea is uh i didn't have anything to do on a tuesday night so i made this tuesday night yeah you know just i didn't have anything to do during the week so i just i just did it um i think a lot of nights start that way right and and it wasn't just you know and i kind of want to get into that later because i I feel like that's a mentality that like a lot of people don't have not that that's the one true way (laughs) but you know um but I didn't have anything to do on Tuesday, so I just so th- there I'm doing this. Um, but the goal has always been to provide uh, 
a local showcase, like just just local DJs mainly. You know, I branch out when I can to Cincy and Columbus, but just uh, a local showcase of DJs who who just want to come and play music, and it's not, you know, something that they've written in their dream journal, like I'm going to become superstar DJ. Just just come and like play music because you know all this stuff is supposed to be shared, um, and two to like provide everyone who wants to be a part of of that of that music and and and, and all the you know the whole scene uh to provide them a actual like public house where they don't have to like pay cover or pay really expensive drink prices you know they can come in and drink beer and do whatever and whenever i've talked to other people about EDM Tuesday i've always kind of described it as the I call it the heartbeat of our scene in Dayton, at least for electronic music, because it's I mean it's for going flattery. on five years, yeah, going on five years of of you know a weekly show at all in Dayton is impressive. Let alone with something like dance music, and and when you started it, you know, dance music wasn't on this Mm-mm. big incline in the states like it is now. Yeah. So that certainly hasn't hurt, but. Um, it's, I, I think it's a very important, I, I don't think the scene would be what it is without this night, which is why I wanted to, to talk to you about it. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's anybody who's a DJ and gives half a crap in Dayton is able to play there at some point. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is talk to you. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of DJs have gotten their, it's their first shows have been played at mm, yeah. Tuesday at Therapy which is really cool. So you're kind of giving them this opportunity to, you know, Hey, can I do this? Right. Um, you know, what, what's it like to actually play in front of people? And conversely, it seems like, and maybe, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like probably at least half, maybe 75% of the clientele on EDM Tuesday are also other DJs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, which I think is, I mean, fairly common in a small town scene. Right. I think, but um, we're all we all can can kind of support each other that way. You yeah, know? we can. Yeah, and I mean, in fact, we 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 do a lot, but also, uh, I I feel like you go anywhere and there's seventy five percent of the room of DJs. Just everybody is right. a DJ, you know. Um, but like, what does that actually mean? Like, I'm a DJ. Um, you know, I it. If you're playing in your basement, that's cool, but you know if if you're waiting tables, like that's what you're doing. So, I mean, the night is for like these kids, like they want to get out of their basement, right? And I want to play somewhere, you know. I mean, there there is still the whole, you know, I'm not just throwing together the show, you know. And then there's also the business side of it with the club, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not just tossing something together, but. Um, if these kids want to play, you know, it's a matter of like, okay, well, you know, let me hear you. That's going to decide like if you're playing like, like you're opening or you're playing a mid slot. If I like someone, if I'd like someone, I'm just, I just tell them you can't open anymore. You're not allowed to open. <laughs> I think we've had that. Conversation yeah. You and before. I have had that conversation. <laughs> right. And I had that conversation with, uh, with Joe Sherman and, uh, John has started to refuse giving me early slots yeah. at his night. <laughs> And tell him no. Like it's like, oh, I just want to play. I gotta work the next day. No, call and say I can't. Oh, you're not allowed to open. That's it's ridiculous. You're not an opener. Um, but I told you, like, <laughs> I've had that conversation with 
with a lot of these kids. I'm like, I told Joe Sherman that. I told uh, Dylan that. I told Sexbox. He's one of my favorite DJs now. So if I like you, I'm going to say, you know, I don't want you opening anymore. You should be playing when, you know, the core people are there and they've already, you know, sat for 45 minutes. The good slot. How much of that when you tell people that in, when you're deciding on time slots, how much of that is hearing them play and how much of that is attitude or following or some other factor? Is it only you hear them and you like them so you book them then? Or that do, does something else play a factor there? Uh, are you talking about the first time I hear them or first time I book them? When, when you decide to start putting them at prime time, I guess. Oh, when I make that decision to say you can't open anymore. Um, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, you could say something. There's a simple litmus test like, you know, if I'm standing there watching you play or if I'm bobbing my head. But I guess I guess it's a number of things. Uh, attitude, though, uh, if you if you have a bad attitude... And I can rail off the list of what that exactly what that means, but if you have a bad attitude, that unfortunately, like yeah, that'll trump everything. And I, I guess I probably shouldn't do that if I'm, you know, if if one like accepts like a social responsibility at this point after four years. But, uh, but I, if I, I mean, if you're just if you're coming in and you're, you know, you're like these these grounds they don't have they don't have little things on the end you know and, and like if then then i'm just like i don't i'm I, this is supposed to be fun just i'm not wasting my time on you you know and well, that's happened i remember one particular show where uh, to to a different club this is unrelated to edm tuesday and therapy but um and they were pitching a fit because they had to plug their mixer in with RCA cables and not XLR cables, or they had quarter oh my inch God, or something. Yeah. Some, but it was him. It was the big headliner. Yeah, whatever. And like the everyone was. listening, every, this was yeah. And, well, and this were, was at a club here. And this was just a little club, a fairly small event. And, and everyone listening has heard this guy. Yeah, huge song like all over like commercials and stuff. Yeah, and and I mean I understand like okay people have technical writers and and that sort of thing. I don't know if that was covered, but no, but he refused. He yeah he like, like threw, his threw hands a in fit, the air. Yeah. threw his hands in the air, and it's yeah. So that that's not the kind of people you want to book, I guess. <laughs> right? No, and I just wouldn't. Um, the particular promoter that uh, booked him though, they're just you know anything to. Anything to, I mean, I'm only respecting that you don't want me to say names. You know me, like, with with the chapel hits, everything. Like, I can't care about, <laughs> it's not my burden to carry your bad attitude. Yes. John is very, um, how should we say it? Abrasive. Out- abrasive, <laughs> outspoken um, regarding the scene and pretty much anything else. <laughs> Right and likes to I don't know put that on the social media and that sort of thing. I asked him to respectfully not like put anybody on blast here. But I, yeah, I don't think I would put anybody on blast. Sure. Um, but I I think if the, if I have to operate within those rules, um, you know I'm gonna lay breadcrumbs for this interview. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we talked about, you know, as far as EDM Tuesday itself goes, you know, this is a, 
uh, a lot of times this is a, people's first first shot at playing in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not always, obviously, but especially for openers, you like to put you know new talent up there, see what people have got, and mm-hmm. give them a chance. Um, and it's it's been a free model, uh, no cover model for the entire the entire time, the entire time, uh, with rare exception for some special occasion right, or something. Right, if we like wanted that. to bring in like Cubic or something. So what? Um, what's the monetization model? How do you, how do you the promoter get paid? You just get a cut from the bar. I get do they pay a, you I a get flat I rate? get a cut from the bar, but I get an extremely small cut. Okay. And um, how do you feel about that as opposed to like getting the the money from the door or or something else? Getting money from the door mm. is something that I guess rule wise for me and my God, every other promoter I know is like when you when you charge the door that you pay your DJs. Okay, because yeah. part of my part of this model is that, you know, being that it's a local showcase, I you know, f- for the most part, I don't pay DJs either. The only time anyone and I say that unapologetically because it's not. I'll explain that in a second, but um, the out of towners, I'll I'll take money out of my pocket to give them gas because, you know, driving the twelve mile radius that anyone we know is, you know, twelve at the most is not that bad and you know most people are coming from my god blocks away mm-hmm. you know but to ask you know to ask Cincinnati or even Colum- especially Columbus like hey come play and then you don't you're not paying them like man that really puts them out you know right so and they may be cordial about it um i think one time uh, maybe 3 years ago someone was cordial about it and i've had like forgotten to pay them so I like I made sure that I like found a show to go to that weekend and go and pay them their money. But you know he was really nice about it. He thought I wasn't going to pay him. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, so I get a small cut of the bar. I like, <laughs> I assure you, that all of it completely doesn't even cover like half of the expenses that go, that that I have to put in. Sure. Um. So that is really, you know, clean up and you'll get the occasion. Well, you get paid. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you paying me? And it's like, you know, like, don't, don't come at me like that. You know, you can ask beforehand or, or maybe a little bit more politer, but. This is the way that the format of the show has always been. Yeah. It's always been. It's just a local showcase. Like literally nobody here involved makes any money. And and the chances that I can give people to make money, like if vendors come in, if they want, oh, you know, can I sell these little necklaces or these light up sunglasses? I I've always been like, yes, absolutely, don't whatever you're just yeah, cool, you know. Um, I've I I think my night is the only night, and th- and therapy, the club that I'm at, they they've now adopted this policy that I just started doing four years ago. Um, like we're the only club that that like welcomes flyers from other clubs other events yeah absolutely i've um i've actually taken advantage of that myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah i think it's you know one of those things that therapy probably you're not the only person that realizes that first of all therapy is not the only place that we go and that our scene is is fairly tight-knit or at least there's maybe two or three tightly knit groups Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't make sense to uh, why would you not invite that collaboration because we're right. we're all supporting EDM Tuesday we're <laughs> going to support 
bigger one-off events. Yeah, and and the thing and the thing about um, about uh, you know not paying the DJs. I you know I'd love to pay the DJs uh, every year at Ohio Classic. Not only do I pay every DJ, I pay you guys a lot. Yeah, Ohio Classic is like an annual. Uh, bigger event where he brings in a, a bigger name or two and and it's a fashion show yeah and a, you know a bigger to do right than just but i you know i charge at the door if i'm getting money from that door it's absolutely my responsibility to pay so it's so the thing is there's never any cover on tuesday and then and the thing is it's like uh, and i and i've said this i had this conversation two months ago with with this dj and he asked me to play Tuesday when he came up for two weeks. He's like, Hey, I really like to play it. I play like kind of like fidgety house. And I'm like, good. Cause I love fidget houses do it. So I book him and literally the day of, you know, he calls me and he says, so what am I getting paid? And you know, he says, so what am I getting paid? And you know, I just, again, like unapologetically, I'm just like, well, you, well, you don't get paid. It's a, just a local showcase. Um, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's how it is. You know, you asked me to play, and I said, sure. You know, I'm giving the guy an opening slot. Uh, for not really, I mean, a charge the door or not, I don't know that I'm paying you for 10 to 10.30 or like 9 to 10, you know. So nobody's there. Right. So um, so he goes, oh, well, then I can't do it. And I go, and I just, I, I think, I think he was trying to bluff me because I go, okay, well, you know, I respect that choice. Like, if you want to hold yourself to that standard, I agree with that standard. Like, no, this is what I'm worth. And hold to that. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, you asked me to play because you don't play anywhere. So I don't, I don't think, I don't believe like you have, you have yeah. that value yet. I'm glad we're addressing this because, um, actually I, I have a confession. I, I got into a little bit of trouble because when I first started the blog, um, <clears throat> I started posting on, um, some, message forums just trying to get involved with some conversations and mm-hmm. put you know post links where they made sense and that sort of thing and uh i gotten involved in a conversation where uh a, a pay for a, a play for free conversation on there and i i brought up edm tuesday not by name but i you know i mentioned it and mm-hmm. i was like you know this is like a a local showcase show it's it's almost like a, a scene support you know labor of love kind of situation yeah and we, you know, we all go and support and and play for each other, and you know, it, it allows this new talent to come in and and have a shot and and all this stuff. And I tell you what, I got about three three pages of hate mail <laughs> from the people for, on that on that forum, particular forum. For what I do? For no, not for for me being willing to pay for free and uh, like devaluing the craft or or whatever. I now, I, I would make the argument that. Actually, one could make the argument <laughs> that them requiring payment ruins the craft. Well, and as it turns out, I, I didn't really realize this at the time, but this particular forum was was very much geared towards mobile DJs who are running businesses, like it was doing white, weddings. It was a white, white supremacist DJ.com, <laughs> right. right. Just, okay. <laughs> just, let's just put that out there. Right. <laughs> So these people are all like running businesses. So they, yeah, they they beat me up and dragged me around for a while about that. But it did bring up some some interesting conversation. You know, I understand people wanting to get paid what they're worth and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. that's that's not what the I EDM Tuesday that format. Right. That's not what that is. Right, and I and I support that that too. Uh, one occasion, uh, I paid someone 
money and they weren't out of towner because I thought they were, they were worth it. Um, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. Yeah. Uh, so EDM Tuesday is has always or almost always been free. What what is your perspective on paying cover and not necessarily for EDM Tuesday, but just in general because it, people's attitudes toward paying cover, at least that I've witnessed in Dayton, and maybe this is different elsewhere in bigger cities or whatever, but people just throw a fit if they have to pay 3 or $5, and but then they want to complain that they're not getting paid for something like EDM Tuesday, which is not even, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a big cash grab or a big, you right. know, and it's, you know, a it's big to-do. It's right. just a local showcase. So <clears throat> what do you, what would you say to people who have so much trouble paying cover what does that do to a local scene well i think um well you know that's sort of a delicate little balance in itself too i've uh because we, we can't have edm tuesday wednesday thursday and friday and have them right. all free and do the same thing but you know? i mean even if you're doing a monthly or, or a quarterly or something um you know it's if your lineup isn't uh strong enough um you know maybe it's not worth the cover uh, obviously, if your intent is to distribute this money uh, to these DJs, then then um, a free isn't acceptable either. But um, you know, if your lineup isn't strong, I don't. You know, I wouldn't go and. But you know, it's the obvious. It's the obvious thought that you have. Like I would or would not pay money for that. Right. It's that. So, I guess you know, as a promoter, you just got to make sure that your lineup is strong. Uh, and you know, you don't. A lot of these people do that completely, one hundred percent socially. And like, there's so many tools out there to let you know, like, hey, this place where this guy played had this capacity and this many were sold. You know, you can look that up and you can follow um, these business trends of these guys. If 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 we're talking about money, um, but a lot, I think a lot of people around here complain about cover uh god they used to complain because they it was a status thing you know five years ago would they would be like i don't want to pay cover because it was a status to be on the list right right now <laughs> i think they they complain about cover i don't i haven't seen anybody complain out of a status i think it's literally that that there's just we're a big scene of jobless hippies you know no i'm just kidding <laughs> um but there's I think uh, uh, the money is bad. It's, I don't think the money is in these people's pockets as much as they would like it to be. I have a quote from an earlier conversation that we had, and you said, I mean, selling your art is cool and everything, <laughs> but it's considerably less cool when you're justifying it as a job in one sentence than complaining about having to pay cover in the next. Yes. And if you really want to give them the benefit of the doubt, one could make the argument, if you want people to buy your art, then you should be happy to pay the $5 cover and buy mine. Yeah. I, I yeah. And, uh, but you, actually, wait, the, the reason I said that is because, like, that, that happened. Happens. That happens all the time. You know, uh, a lot of the core people in the crowd, like, wanna, wanna vend, wanna sell stuff, which, again, I'm, I don't think I've ever said no. And I'm like, you know, that's cool. And, then maybe they're on Facebook talking about like, don't tell me to get a job. Like I have a job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's, but it's not, you know, you're complaining that, you know, you need a cheaper place to live, you know, it's get a, get an actual job. Yeah. So, so, uh, kind of moving away from the money aspect. I mean, 
EDM Tuesday started at a point, and I remember this very well because I was running a monthly at the same time. Mm-hmm. It started at a time when the scene was, uh, at least the scene here in Dayton, but I mean, in general, across the states, it was in a major slump, and yeah, we there, to... there was nothing going on. Right. So, how was it able to succeed? I mean, you started this at, at the worst possible time. If <laughs> you know, if, I mean, if you were to just ask somebody that, but it, did that work to your benefit? Was it a struggle? How was it able to to succeed regardless? Well, um, it came at a time when the only thing that we had to do was Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day is like a uh, a family friendly friendly uh, like day in the park uh, where we all you know it's it's another local scene supported thing um, just for for the heads basically where they all come out and we have a cookout and, and play bring music. Bring their kids and, have water fights. It's a barbecue that's free with. A lot of sound and DJs and cool music and a lot of little breakdancers. The people who now run Sunday Funday are some of the best people ever. Absolutely. And all of them. They're great. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, and they work show. really hard. So it started during a time when the only thing to do was Sunday Funday. And it was packed. Oh, it was so cool. And, um, and you know, I didn't really, like, know anybody then. I, I think it was everyone quietly wanted more to do, but since Sunday Funday was happening with all of the heads involved doing it, nobody was there to say, I want more, let's do something. Um, and incidentally, that was around the time when, when Steve and I were doing Project Fridays, okay? okay. Uh, the house party, Project Fridays. And I remember, like, the closest thing that, that anyone could ever do is go up to the... Uh, it was Pearl then. And I wasn't Vex yet. Go up to Pearl and, like, hope, just hope that Terry Rip would play, like, at that... Like, then, like, the closest you would get is, like, Daft Punk. Like, there you go. <laughs> you know, like, there's your EDM for the night. And you just hope that... We'd be so busy that Terry wouldn't have to care what the crowd wanted to hear, yeah. and then he would just blast into EDM, and he'd do this periodically. And the only time we were busy enough was when like Rob Deerdeck came up, you know, <laughs> and that was and Terry's like, I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to our buddy Terry. He's he's one of our kind of local uh, hometown heroes here in, in Dayton, and he's. I, I have to take just a second. I don't mean to interrupt your your story, but. Um, I have to say that Terry is is one of the best DJs oh, yeah. as far as those days at at Pearl, which is a local nightclub here, is now called Vex. He was one of the best at sneaking that stuff in. Oh, and, all the time. And and people people would just eat it up, and they you couldn't he, get away with it either back then. Right, like he, immediately uh, play hip hop. Everybody wanted hip hop, and he would he would sneak all this like techno and all the and time all all kinds of stuff in there and those of us kind of in the know would be like yes and right. go crazy and yeah. the rest of the crowd just kept on going and then he would give them a little more what they want yeah and then he would go back to it and i i have huge respect for what he did there i don't think that he really knows how much we appreciate that oh man he's one of the best when it comes to that right. and i think i think that's what being a a resident nightclub dj is about oh, it's yeah. he had that perfect balance of the you know educating and and giving them what they wanted, and then bringing you know bringing it back around, it was it was really cool. But, anyways, I didn't mean to. 
no. interrupt your story, but shout out to Terry. Yeah. I completely forgot where I was. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we we would just go to Pearl and and just hope and pray that we got to hear some oh, electronic music slump. that night. The slump, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so that was the you know we'd go and do that and and uh, I I think there was just everybody quietly wanted it more. Uh, they wanted more to do. Sunday Funny was great. Um, but it was the end of the week, so you went to Sunday Funded to like unwind to the deep house, right. you know. And people had to work the next right. day, and then you know everyone had to drive to Cincinnati or Columbus to go do something on the weekends. Um, so I think I think everybody just sort of wanted it more, and that combined with uh, this guy Vinny, who used to work in therapy, he was like, "Hey, do you want to do this EDM night? Uh, you seem to know a lot of people, and you've been." And I, at that time, I had been promoting for therapy for a little bit. People responded just because they, they wanted to go out. They wanted something to do. They wanted to party during the week because the weekends weren't ours. Weekday, you know, but the weekdays, God, we could do whatever we wanted. So do you think that the fact that we were in that slump, I mean, do, let's put it this way. Would EDM Tuesday have the same or better or worse success now if you started it today the if, same way? Am I Am I... If I'm if I'm hypothetically starting it today, does is there an already existing EDM Tuesday, or EDM any day? Is there? Uh, am I new in this scenario? <laughs> uh, I guess that's a good point. Uh, because here's the, here's why I ask. Because this has happened in the in the past month. Someone has tried to completely emulate this. I'll tell you the first thing I wouldn't do is I I would not be competing with with what the establishment I mean if you right. I feel like if you take one look at the current establishment of, of at least Dayton's EDM scene there's a lot of integrity there and 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 you know we've done you included a lot to just weed out like the bad parts of it and there were bad parts um, but I think Absolutely. Like, we, I think we were all staunch in our feelings about it and we we're like we're not asking you for anything. You, I just want you to know, like, what you're doing is like wrong and and it's abusive, and um, you, you're taking advantage of people. Uh, you're you're essentially just a hype man. Uh, stop. And that that's a hard thing to do. Uh, it's probably harder for me than it is for you. <laughs> I'm just but, a, well, I'm a general dick bag, so you know. <laughs> but I mean, like, as far as like when when your scene is is as small and tight knit tightly knit as Dayton's is and yes. I'm, I'm sure other small towns can relate it's one of those things where you know you you want to draw as few lines in the sand as possible because you just end up segmenting yourself into oblivion, or at least that's yeah. That's always my fear. I is, have a lot to say on that too. Let's well, let's. Do I it. feel I feel like this is like how to like. It's like how to not promote incorrectly, okay? So let me let me just. This is gonna sound like a rant, so please interrupt hey, me at any point with. Mm-hmm. This is why you're here, okay? <laughs> this like this is just the Chavel hates everything blog. I'm like, here's a bunch. You knew I was gonna just rant about something that I hate. Like I'm already getting heated right now. Well, it took you long enough. Okay, so <laughs> all right. Um, number one, uh, <laughs> what I said. Don't don't compete with the establishment. Uh, I there's so much that goes into th- this point. I'm gonna make th- that. I mean, you could have a whole show on it, really. Uh, and it, and it's not a matter of like fall in line 
You know, this isn't like a, some Orwellian nightmare, our scene. Okay. Uh, but if, if there is an establishment and, and you go and you attempt to be part of that establishment, there's absolutely no reason to abandon that establishment or to segregate your genre of music from that establishment and think that, oh, this genre that literally has been, you know, having beatport sales for maybe a year, okay, <laughs> uh, can somehow survive on its own, okay, without like house and breaks. Uh, it won't happen. And, and y- you can tell that like this issue is personal to me because this has happened in the last two months, three months. A lot's happened in the past two months, three months, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, you can't. You can't survive without the establishment of what the genre encompasses, which, whether you like it or not, is house and breaks. Okay? You can't abandon the establishment socially, which, in this case, um, if you're going to do your own night and honestly just copy the entire model that I've done um, and somehow do it incorrectly, you know, it's it's just, then you're sort of admitting to me that that night is the establishment and you're going to mimic the establishment. That creates, like, honestly, I get offended. I'm really offended that someone can just walk in, see anyone doing any job, and go, I can do this too. It's it's really sort of offensive. And this is not even like one person. This has happened a few times. If I this recall. has happened a few times. <clears throat> and one of the people came to me first. Just one. And and I, I don't think he's doing his weekly anymore because he's just like, I can't handle the stress. I don't know how you do this. And he's like, I have this new appreciation for what you do. Uh, because to, like doing a weekly, booking... Booking two to three DJs a week and 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 focusing on keeping that fresh, that's that is work all its own. You know? Absolutely. I could have the same DJ every week. I would bring Sexbox in, but like he's so good that I I lay I lay down way more rules for him because I'm like, I don't want you oversaturated in this town. You can only play once a month. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that's it. And and he's like, okay, you know. Um so, so doing that is work on its own. Uh, d- honestly, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, obviously, I have just a deep, deep love for EDM and, and DJs. You, you know this, okay? Having said that, some of you are the biggest prima donnas just ever, <laughs> okay? So I may have written a post or two about that. Right. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm essentially doing this work slash labor of love. And I, you know, and I got to deal with, I, I, I want pizza, but I want the best intent, you know, <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't have food tonight or like, you know, and just, just uh, my needles aren't working. What the, you know, just all this, all this complaining and I guess like, okay, relax. You know, it's, <laughs> this is a very flexible, like home built night right. we're not throwing like a concert here right for yeah thousands like of people. calm down that that's difficult okay so the night night's difficult um and i think if 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 someone puts that much work into it and it works then it's only natural for that to become the establishment 
don't compete against the establishment. And and all of that explanation gets me to, to this point, which is um, it's it's not don't compete because it's hard. Don't compete because it's impossible. That's not how what we do ever works. It's never worked that way. Um, there's too many of us on the these are the people that get shit done list for for you to be like competing with one and not have it just ripple to everyone okay and no one's gonna pick sides and if you're the one asking if you're the one like quietly sending the ultimatum like it's either them or us the new people every time you every time you're going to get left in the dust and 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 in just in this short time, this four years, how many times have we seen this happen? Six? That's a lot in four, in four years. Is every time someone steps up, the rest of us, you know, uh, are like, okay, cool. Like, we're into it. You know, good. And then suddenly it just becomes this big hype. I'm famous in Dayton, Ohio fest. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess we got to wait another year for like someone right. to come along, you know? And by the way, just to throw this in there before you start getting like hate mail i don't <laughs> i don't think what you're saying is don't throw events if someone else is throwing events no uh, no absolutely i want more events i want more stuff to do what i'm what i'm asking is not asking i'm telling you you should do this you should work with like that's how it works because honestly we can't do it you know we can't do what we do without each other so and and there's just so many niches to fill in and to fit and 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 one of them honestly is my god do another weekly great we, you know there's a plenty of music to go around um, but you know maybe uh, call me or call the guys at three dimensional and say hey I want to book this guy uh, but I don't want to put I don't want to book him too close to your shows what's the deal you know and it's not a permission thing it's absolutely just like working with it's a collaboration yes and that and that's the thing. You can't do it without the collaboration, you know. It, it it's just never going to work, and no one's going to choose. I mean, we here in Dayton, we only have a, a few hundred people to go around when it comes to this sort of thing, you know. It's so I mean, you can't just do. You can't copy and paste the format of a night into multiple nights and expect it to work. We have, and we have really more just, than we have more than a hundred. Or you say a few? I said hundred. a couple hundred. Oh, okay. A few hundred. Yeah. I mean, that actually, like, support the scene right. more than once a year. Or yeah, something. and, like, we love converts, too. Yeah. Um, so, so, all right, don't compete against the establishment. Uh, two, you have to respect the fact that, like, you're not going to come out of the gate with your guns blazing, okay? You should be showing up to these things, which goes along with rule number one of, like, of co you know, collaborate with these people. You can't just show up and be like, hey, I'm doing this, and it's this brand of music, and I heard of this DJ, so I got him to show up, and here's a flyer, you know? Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, don't be hype, hype, fake hype about what you're doing. Um, Check episode two for more on that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think that, what I just said, we're talking about the same thing, really. Um, uh, I think... Um, I think it takes a, a, a specific type of person uh, to, to, to do this. 
uh, what I feel would be like correctly. Uh, now that there's there's one way, but there's just so many wrong ways. Um, well, I mean, you've you've proven that this is what works here, because I mean, what? When was the last time you saw a a weekly last four years in Dayton? Yeah, actually, that's right. I think it is the longest running EDM weekly, isn't it? I think so, or at least it's the longest running current one for sure. I think it's the longest running one in Ohio. Somebody in somebody in somebody in. Uh, I feel like somebody in Toledo told me that. I'm not sure. I don't. I maybe can't remember. Some, maybe somebody will write in and correct us. But <laughs> but it's been going well for a long for a long time right, as yeah. far as this thing right. kind of thing goes. And it, you know, it has it waxes and wanes. Summers are are a little bit slower. Uh, winters are just super busy for everybody. Um, so winters are better. Uh, spring spring is probably the best middle ground. I know the qualities that I have. I know the qualities that you have. I know the qualities that like Tony and Billy have. Um, and there's a lot of those same core qualities there. Another shout to Tony and Billy of Three Dimensional Entertainment. They'll be coming on the podcast interview very shortly after I, this one. I like how you do shout outs on your own podcast. <laughs> you know, like, hi, I'm the host of the show. Also, well, I want to shout out to my mom. I mean, people in like Spain don't know who Tony and Billy are. So, Oh, okay. Yet. Okay. I got you. So you're you're essentially adding citations to this. Yes. yes. Okay. So we, so we got don't compete with the establishment, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm collaborate with them. Um, and and this is what it is. Uh, don't chase fame because you're you're not gonna get it. Like it's not that's not if you, and and the reason I say that is because that has been the problem with these new new kids popping up. Everyone is just sort of just just chasing fame. So they're in, looking for their 15 minutes. In Dayton. Of... Like, we're chasing fame, like, in Dayton. <laughs> you know? Like, what What would that possibly get you? <laughs> right. You know? Sure. All right. So we kind of, we started getting into this a little bit. Um, what would you say are, I mean, have you had any major failures? What What kind of hurdles have you run into um, over the, the entire lifespan? Uh, if, if you'd give us a good example or two. Well, um... I guess, uh, well, something like, well, to be honest, I don't know, this sounds silly, I guess, but, like, the night sort of, like, means something to me at this point. Uh, um, I think it's taken on a life of its own. It's not, it's not me, you know, and, and I think maybe this would go along with, um, with one of the what you need to do to promote. Uh, it's not about me, and, you know, I, none of this is possible without the people who want to do it. And, and th- like, that's the thing. That's really Tuesday yeah. is everyone else. Um, so, so given that, you know, if it takes on a life of its own, but like if I built it, like sort of means something to me, you know? Um, so there's always that fear, I guess, that it'll end. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, one of the things is Dayton is a late night town, uh, yeah. especially in the summer because everybody's pre-gaming by their pools and stuff. Yep. So it's a late night town. People come out late, you know, and every time there's also people that come in early, you know, on, on, on Tuesdays, for example, and they're like, where and, is everybody? And by the way, it's it, people in Dayton come out late and few places in Dayton stay open very late. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So our window is very slim. Yeah, we're open until like 2.30. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's always that fear that, you know, it's going to end and, you know, people will say... Uh, you know, where is everybody? You know, I'm like, every week for four years, I've been asked, where is everybody? I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. 
Yeah. Nobody's here at 10 o'clock. I, the, you know, four years, 52 weeks, you know, that's 200 and some, okay, nights that I've done this. Every time that I've been asked, like, where is everybody? It's 10 o'clock. Don't ask me. Like, it's, yeah. it's a late town. So, but them asking me that uh, all the time, I'm like, oh my God, what if, what if he's right? Like, what if he's right? <laughs> you know? See, I haven't thrown nearly as many shows in Dayton as you have, but every time I'm still freaking out when the place isn't packed at 12.01. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, it's like 12.59 and everybody walks in the door. Yeah. And they all just file in at once. You're like, oh, it's the weirdest thing. Like, oh, I still have something to do during the week. Right. Right. So, so there's always that uh, fear because you care about it. Um, And that fear, like, springs up every week just because at 10 o'clock somebody asks me this. You know, if they don't, it doesn't even, I'm like, yeah. And I always say, I always tell them the same thing. It's early, Uh, they'll come. Just like they did last week. Yeah. You know? Um, one time, uh, a Tuesday fell on some holiday. And I can't remember what holiday it was, but it was some holiday. Was it Fat Tuesday? It just happened to fall on Fat Tuesday that no. year. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> every Tuesday is, yes. Uh, you know what it was, actually? It wasn't a holiday. I think it was the Tuesday after Dempf. Okay. Okay. And 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 nobody came. And I was like, well, it's all over. That's <laughs> gone. It's it. Have you had a lot of dead, just dead nights like that where where you've said, this night's run its course, it's time to wrap it up? Two years in, I did. Two years in, um, I didn't. You know, I wasn't aware because uh, this is this is the first weekly I've ever done. Was it was EDM Tuesday? Um, two years in, I remember uh, I hadn't yet experienced uh, the summer slump. Okay. When I should say I hadn't experienced the summer slump because before two years in, um, I it you know it. it it was gradually building, so summer never seemed summer being slow never hit my mm. radar. So suddenly, Just the product like, of a new night, right? So we're up, we're up, we're up in the first year. Then summer comes, and it's and I'm like, and I have no idea why this is happening. The reasons why never occurred to me <laughs> until it just happened over and over. And I'm like, oh my god, I guess I guess this night's over. And, and I think someone told me it was probably Tony Desaro. I was like, no, dude, summers are slow. They're always mm-hmm. slow. Don't worry about it. Just I don't know. Just stick with it, and you'll be good. And sure enough, like, you know, the the minute. You know, fall and winter hit. It was just like fine. Uh, nothing on the level of nobody showing up, though. Okay. Nothing like that. I know the one that always scared me with your night um, was when the when the spring hit and the and uh, early summer, and you you guys started opening the patio up. Everybody yeah. would go outside. I would show up, and it it and it would look like nobody was there when it, it, it was packed. And I hate that. And that, I still hate that, but I, it still yeah. happens to you know not maybe not as bad. And but. if you could smoke in clubs, that what would would be an issue. And that one hit everybody, sort of by surprise when the smoking ban happened, because that had never been an issue, so that never hit anybody's radar. Yeah. And then like, why is nobody on the dance floor? Oh yeah, they all have to. That's smoke still a outside. relatively new phenomenon, right? I, I and I don't think we've all really figured out how to counter that yet. Well, not have a patio. Yeah, I well, hate yeah. I hate the patio, but I absolutely understand why people want to 
sit out there and smoke. So I mean, so what I did is um, I just I cut the cord to the speakers out there. Yeah. You know, if you want to hear the music, you come inside because it's good to have that dance floor full. And we have enough support here for people who are actually there to support and listen to the music. Yeah. That they will, even if they hang outside for a while, they'll come in and make a point of getting on the dance floor right, for a while. Yeah. Or... And now, at this point, what it's become is like people hang out on the dance floor for the first two hours, or they hang out outside for the first two hours that they're there. And then they come inside towards the end of the night. Yeah. Like maybe around like 12, 30 or 12 or stuff and then they're just like all right i'm drunk i'm messed up i'm ready to dance yeah so and a lot of them will, will post up there for the rest of the night mm-hmm. or, or post, oh yeah you know damn near yeah and then my, my brother's one of those yeah that's true. <laughs> i don't no think you're brother, to my brother steve i don't think steven ever goes outside he's just, <laughs> he's, just he's just fist pumping just right there on stage <laughs> so how how is the format of the night changed over the i mean the the basic format hasn't changed where you're you're booking local like a local guest rotation right no cover that sort of thing outside of that how how has the night changed the format of the night the music that's played um attitudes demographic i mean whatever you want to talk about how has that changed in the last four years well uh remember when it first started it was more informal than it is now uh, it still is pretty informal, you know, how flexible I am with time slots and, you know, that, that's, I suppose that's one of the intricacies because it's like, it's important, you know, if, if, if you don't want everyone coming in there and being all super rock star, like don't, you know, don't take it too seriously. Um, you can still be professional about it without sure. being like, you know, we need three CDJs stat, call everybody, you know, just, <laughs> right. um, we would just mess. We basically would just be messing around with with breakbeats that we just really liked, you know, to listen to. And that very very quickly became, hey, can I play with you guys? And we were like, yeah, absolutely. And that became, hey, can I get booked? And we were like, yeah. Within eight weeks, I had this night happening where we were doing like twelve hundred, fourteen hundred dollar nights. Within eight weeks. And that's pretty huge, especially considering that the demographic that they were going for was like our people. And the time period. I mean, that, yeah. there was nothing. Right. No well-supported nights at the time that I'm aware of right. downtown. So we were like, hey, there's something here. There's something to this. This is cool. And then um, I actually, a little side note, um, I actually canceled my night that I was trying to throw at the time because I, I was throwing a monthly. Yeah, the Revive. The Revive. That was my first attempt at the Revive. Uh, name and it it was mixed success but towards the end it was just i i wasn't getting the pull and we randomly checked out your night once we heard because i didn't know you that well back then right and we just checked it out and we're like wow there are people here this is what i was trying to do <laughs> so i canceled it I, like that well, time now i, I feel threw terrible one, no no it was great i was i i actually was happy to get out of it <laughs> and just go to yours <laughs> right. um you know, it was the same thing as you. I was trying to start a night because there wasn't one. We had different one, models. You know. You were monthly. Uh, you charged. Oh, we did. You know. But, you know, back then, in my, he- in my head, I, you know, it was like, okay, this is what I was trying to do. I, I would rather just go to this and mm-hmm. support it. 
because even back then I, I had the the mindset of why would I want to split yeah, this tiny then, little scene up? Back then we talked about it too. You you were you yeah were, we had a and I was I I was like yeah dude like I'm totally on board with revive. I played the first one, mm-hmm. so you know I was like this is great. I love what you're doing. Let's do these monthlies, right? Any way I can help. And I think the last one you had was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Kenneth Thomas show, wasn't it? No. No, that's a different one. Okay. No. So that was probably... Kenneth wasn't your last one. Okay. Uh, It was April, April 2011, I think. I don't know. I've got the flyer somewhere. Anyways. Because my birthday is April, but yeah. Uh, So... Hi, Kenneth, if you're listening. (laughs) He's like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not (laughs) listening. Uh, It was more informal. Um, uh, The core crowd has changed... Um, but you would only notice that if you took a look, a look at eight weeks in and la- you know, last Tuesday, because they've just slowly maybe cycled one girl out while another girl gets, you know, cause it's all word of mouth. I yeah. don't fly her. I don't fly her on purpose. Um, not that I don't welcome business or newcomers, but I think that the, I think the atmosphere of the night, I think it's important that anyone who goes in on a Tuesday knows someone who was there, mm. was asked to come there. And that's sort of important to like building regulars for the night. The night would bring in more bar sales if I flyered Wright State. I, gu- I mean, I guarantee Wright State and UD, which are the two colleges around here, um, they'd flock to something like this. But I feel like if they did... That chases all the long-term regulars away because mm. all of a sudden there's just these people here that we don't know and we and can't drink. Yeah. Um, Not that you're trying to like enforce a, a clicky. No, but thing, I'm trying but to. I'm, you're trying to build. An I'm actual... absolutely trying to like keep those people feeling like a lot of people say that shit is their home. Yeah, and I'm like, good. Then, then I. I and bring your family. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to invite the college to your home then. And you know, and and my boss is constantly like, make a flyer, make a flyer, make a flyer. And I will make a flyer, but and it'll be like the Idiom Tuesday, you know, on every Tuesday, here's what we do. But I'm literally only going to hand that out to like, you know, the the people that like go to the the three-dimensional events, you know, or um like my friends who are like here, I'll give this or I'll give this to like coworkers and stuff. Yeah. Um the word of mouth is like really important. It's it's it just it just creates the the safety and and uh, comfort that that is important to the night when someone just walks in there. Let's t- let's talk about how how has it changed musically because I I oh, I feel like you want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> do you do you feel like I do? Yes. Uh well, you know, it always started with, like, house and breaks. Um, so everybody was sort of comfortable in, like, the the one or two genres that we all listened to, really. And then dubstep happened. Uh, and, you know, Skrillex blew up and Rusko. There was a notable difference in our <laughs> scene when dubstep hit. I yeah. Mean, it, was, it was almost exaggerated. I mean, it was it became big in the U.S., kind of all at once but it 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 was really really overhyped we went from nothing to something in in days it was just suddenly 
here it is, you know, and uh, and then um, the the five or six of us that were still giving a crap about the scene at the time, right? It was like a bittersweet and rush. Then, it's like, well, there's all these people, but there this is something different than we're used to, right? But I hate to whittle this down to like dubstep because like the genre isn't like bad or anything. But my God, the hype that went along with it was just the, some of the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. <laughs> just so, some, it was just so silly, and just overplayed. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like we're crazy, you know. And <laughs> okay, like, you know. And I'm like, the dude saying this, I'm like, dude, I, I like know you in real life. Like you're not. <laughs> You know, this isn't right. like you're not on the internet here. Like you're in front of me, you know. Like, oh, the, we're going nuts here, and I'm just like, and then like you know, some local dude <laughs> made some promotional company, and and I I don't even I still can't even tell you what they actually did except put their name on flyers. I don't know what they did. Uh, this particular guy was taking himself incredibly seriously, um, and, he, and he, you know, he was just an absolute egomaniac, and 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 like literally anyone from Dayton knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm just I'm trying to respect David's rules of of this peace process, and thank you. He's a little bit of an over pragmatist, but <laughs> uh, so you know, it just it just ridiculous, ridiculous amount of hype. Just, just everything was like, are y'all ready for some dubstep? <laughs> it was like that all the time. And it's like, like, no, I have a job in the morning. Like, <laughs> relax, right. like calm down. Uh, so, so it was just hyped and hyped. And uh, it, the turnout was never good. It was never good. And. They tried. They they tried some different models. They tried uh, taking the door. The door never had a showing, and, and that is because like one of the things involved in overhyping something is making a huge guest list. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, because otherwise these people aren't coming. And why do people like want on the guest list? Like what we got into before, because they don't have the money. If they don't have the money. That ruins your next model, which they also tried, which is like taking a cut of the bar. They got even less because not only do these people not have money, but at the time for dub, your core crowd was 18 and 19 year olds. Yeah. Those people don't drink. Yep. You know, and people with, with who are old enough, who don't have money, they're pre-gaming in their car. So, so you're facing this situation where you were facing the situation uh, where suddenly there was this kind of influx of you know there's this new sound there's this new crowd that's vibing with it but um but they're not really supporting you and well and you're running a free night at a place where it's the primary clientele can't drink so they're just showing up and you're not getting any money which probably doesn't make the venue owners and managers happy right so yeah, I can see where that would be kind of a and blessing thing, and a curse. And the thing is, is like that probably sounds hypocritical coming from me because like I don't charge, I don't make money. Why is that the justification for this other people's night and not yours? Uh, my night is never about the money, and and for this particular guy group or whatever, 
it always came down to the money. So at the end of any given show, he was always yelling at someone about not paying them, not being able to pay them, uh, not getting paid, or not getting paid enough. I'm sorry, not getting paid enough. And, and you can put this in the rules of things not to do when you're a promoter is, is there's this mentality of like haters make you famous. That is the dumbest shit ever made into an image meme on Facebook. Haters make you famous. So anyone with any level of criticism is, is, is not only wrong, but pe the more people that hate you, the better you're doing. When was this ever fabricated in someone's mind to ever become like people believe this haters make you famous. No, you're, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. yeah these are people that come up to my night and like, Fuck, yeah, I hate him. You know, I hate him. Haters make you famous is like the worst, worst advice anyone ever promoter or not can take. That's the, I don't, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anytime I hear the word hater used, it's, it's somebody is playing the victim. It's right. You know I immediately I mean? go, Oh, you're one of them. Right. Right. You're one of those. You just, you don't, you just, well, you know, if, if I, if somebody isn't hating me, I'm doing it right. Yeah. Oh, is, is yes. that how things work? Yeah, like justifying doing a crap job. Right. Yeah. Or... Why not be a shitty boyfriend? The more she complains, like the better you are. Right. I mean, cause <laughs> that's, that's haters make you famous. Right. Such a completely non-intuitive thing. It's just wrong. Yeah. It's just absolutely wrong. And it's I have no idea where it came from. Inherently negative and self-defeating. and Yeah, it's you're just in denial. Like, And when you have that mentality, like, great, I no longer have to worry about you. You're like a diarrhea person. <laughs> Haters make you famous. So stupid. Well, since I've got you all fired up, let's <laughs> might as well just keep it rolling. What? <laughs> let's talk about abortion. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about Obama? <laughs> um, so if there's one thing that could just utterly destroy the scene in Dayton. Oh, what would it be? Boil it down into one thing. What is the worst thing that could just utterly destroy it? In I think if collaboration disappeared completely, I think we have a, a, a much considerable time uh, balancing the stress with the output um, because we support each other. I mean, we... I mean, we I, I, I feel like that's understating what we actually do. The word support. We just do so much more, you know. It, we almost are extensions of each other. Yeah. But, you know, we're doing totally separate things. But, you, you know, it's just un, unquestionably just like work with each other. So I think if collaboration disappeared, um, I, I think everyone would suffer. That is like the most awesome answer because I actually I literally have in my notes right in front of me as the next question I want to ask you what role does collaboration play in uh, regards to EDM Tuesday oh, and dating okay. scene in general? That's uh, well, I, that's pretty awesome that you picked that up. <laughs> the guys at Three Dimensional uh, they let me know who they want to get for their local support for their big shows so that I stay two weeks away from that. So if um, you know, if it's like, like, well, David Michael is playing our, our Halloween show, like, you know, I'm not going to book you from two weeks before to two weeks after. Um, 
and they let me know so that because obviously it's much harder for me. I need new DJs every week. Um, they have a little bit more time, so I sort of let them have their pick. So I actually take the time to be like, okay, are we actually booking them at a good time? Right. And because they always it, get that list to me. They're like, here's our local talent. And we've, all, we've all run into those. This happens a lot with newer DJs, I think, where... They just over... They just They overbook. It. You know, have somebody playing on the 11th and then playing the 12th at another venue. And mm-hmm. you... For somebody who is, you know, has their five or six friends that support them and whoever else is interested in checking them out, you can't divide that into two nights, one after another, and expect a turnout at either one. Right, and and I, I, I'm honestly surprised that that is not... I mean, let me say this. This is this is a role that collaboration plays in that like I'll describe um, its its absence. Uh, Trap has like now segregated itself from the other genres, mm. and and th- that was something I wanted to get into before. But with the dubstep, dubstep because dubstep did that too. It was just like yeah. no longer dub these dubstep shows were just happening on their own. Um, completely aside from the house shows and, and breakbeats. Yeah, you had your your regular like college top 40 crowd and then you had your uh like your EDM crowd what we called EDM at the time. That's kind of means something different now. Right. And then you have like the But then you had heads. dubstep. Right. And that was like for some reason treated differently right. than the rest and, it and didn't that's work. kind of happening with trap now. It was trap is kind of a, a you know, a mixture of hip hop and EDM, and yeah, it cool it becomes <laughs> well, it segregates itself into its own from you and know from both and of it's them. Not, and it's, now it's not surviving. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there's just not enough there. It's just it it seems silly to just abandon what helped you build your what your little thing is. And it's one of those things, and this and this has nothing to do with like my genre is bigger than your genre. It's it's, oh, it's like, it, hey, we welcome you. Let's, let's build this. Yeah, it's it's why, and that's one thing I really want to talk to. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, John. You've mentioned three dimensional entertainment once or twice. Mm. Um, I'm going to be talking to the people behind that uh, promotional company here in the next week or two, and uh, I want to get their stance on this because they are, I guess, the only ones I'm aware of uh, right now in Dayton who. They are booking headlining acts in Dayton. They're booking solid local talent, and then they're but they're diversifying it. And it, for so long, it was here's a house night, here's a trance night, here's mm. a drum and bass night. And yeah, and, and I was doing multi genre too. Yeah, and, and you're doing multi genre with the with the weekly with the weekly, which I think is why it works so well. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, you know the three dimensional guys are doing this with big one off shows. Where they're they'll book drum and bass DJs and you know the second room and they'll and they don't they're not drum and bass guys they're not dubstep guys but they're they're booking it for diversity right and because they know what works yeah and are these two guys Tony and Billy who spend a lot of time money and effort on on not just like booking bands they turn that place into into like something that that Dayton doesn't see you know they're yeah. stretching they're stretching like you know, 50, 60 feet of, of Jersey fabric, you know, over every wall. And, and, and they've got like 19 projectors hook up and, and lasers and, and yeah. smoke and a huge stage. Yeah. And, and it's just like, and, Oh and people no. People in, in bigger cities might 
kind of take that for granted. This is like a big production for us. Right. When, when people, when anybody takes the time to put, you know, they put that much effort into building the atmosphere, it's noteworthy. Right. You know, and you you want to go back to that because it's like, wow, you don't get this. In yeah, I think these two are like the hardest working dudes ever. So and then and I have to drive three hours in any direction to get that kind of show elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. What is in your future or the future of EDM Tuesday, um, uh, regarding promotion, DJing? What's in your future going forward? I don't know what's in my future. Uh, I mean, hopefully something related, because uh, I do like doing it. Uh, it's fun. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a dick bag about it, but but yeah, it's fun. Um, for EDM Tuesday though, what what I would hope in the future there is that uh, someone else can like take it over and like just keep it going, because I'd like to go to EDM Tuesday without having to deal with the, like the stress of making it happen, hmm. you know. So I'd like to experience it like from the other side where I'm where I'm like paying for drinks and stuff. Do you mean your night specifically because you'd like to see that from another perspective? Sure, yeah. Or like, yeah, because I I feel like there's a lot that I, that I may uh, either miss or be run through a filter just because, like, you know, I I, I do have to deal with any given situation. I'm like, God, so much stuff happens there. Sure a lot of DJs on. don't know how to run a mixer, for example. <laughs> you know, I would really like to sit and like hang out and listen to music where I don't I'm not in trouble if the house mixer's on the red. You know, right? Because red doesn't mean this volume is good. That's not what red means. <laughs> so, so I hope someone takes it over. Okay. So in the not so not so distant future, or when it, whenever you're feeling like you're done, you'd like to, pa- to, to when I'm pass burnt, the baton. When I'm burnt out, because I I'm not, you know, a lot like a lot of people will get burnt out and then just sort of like show up and then and then the night becomes stupid because they're not into it. And it becomes, you know, it's an extension of yourself. So I hope that when I get burnt out, like I know that I'm burnt out and then I can go, Oh, okay. And then I can just like call Dave Michael and go, David, I have an EDM emergency. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he goes, I'll be their stat an EDM emergency. Like we do. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I, I do. Do I call you now? Are we playing that? Like I call you now and I'm like, I have an EDM emergency. (laughs) And then you come over, and I'm just naked with a bow around my chest. <laughs> well, I, that sounds like the perfect place to end, John. Okay. All right. <laughs> Get out of my house. It's time for you to go now. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate your insight, man. And, sure. Um, I guess uh, this would be as, as good a time as, as any to uh, ask if you'd be interested in coming back to maybe uh, co-host or... Maybe just have another chat in the future. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Awesome. How much does... (laughs) Oh, now you want to... Well, I'm going to have to start collecting cover. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Take it easy, man. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. Can you can you auto tune my my voice? <laughs>
Uh, Are we recording now? Probably. Yeah, I turned it back on. It's working now. I don't okay, know why let's, it stopped. Let's make jokes for a little bit and, ha- and drinks while we talk here. And then you can ask me that last super important question. <laughs> okay. So you can't auto-tune my voice? I can't I be can, like, so yeah, what's I the can... future of EDM Tuesday? Well, I hope <laughs> that we can go. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> got her. I try to just talk like that in yes. case you want to to like, what's in the future of EDM Tuesday? Well, baby girl, <laughs> let me tell you now. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> girl, you make me feel so fine. Yeah, yeah, yine. Oh, man. Yeah, this is going somewhere. This is going on my YouTube channel or that is the end of the podcast or something. Yes, what, all this, this, all of this, this nonsense. The, the after show drunkardry. <laughs> You're going to tell people that I'm, like, drunk. Like, by the way, plastered the whole time. Because I'm, I'm just a high, extremely high-functioning He literally thought he was T-Pain. I don't even know what I just came doing. over here for dinner. <laughs> so let me tell you how to make a podcast, because I've done a podcast before. Oh, tell me. Yeah, so here's, here's like, the, 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 the steps to success, okay? Step one, wacky sounds, like zany sounds. <laughs> yeah, like, whoop! Just that really good. Spaceship laser sounds great on podcasts. All right. Segments with introductory theme songs. Okay. Really good. It's like, this is the segment of the show where we ask you questions. And then it's just like a 30 second jingle. Jingles. People love jingles. Okay. And then you need like the entire cast of The View. Right. Ads. Ads. People love ads. ads. People don't know that they need Colgate. <laughs> okay. Ads are great. Uh, DJs, do you look like a meth head on stage? Right. <laughs> <laughs> These are just some of the things to success. But specifically the zany sounds. <laughs> like when I get up, you got to be like, Mike, uh, you have to have a fart stand on standby all the time. Well, I do. Right. But <laughs> that's another story. John, I'm going to try this again. (laughs) (laughs) What has happened?